This episode of the podcast is brought to you by that weird plastic thing that lets girls pee while standing up. I'm not sure how many people would actually carry that around. You can't leave. An attack means fallout, which contaminates the air above ground. That's that's how it works. Well, how, how long do we have to wait until it's safe? Depends on the proximity to the closest blast, one year, maybe two. And that's if we're, we're talking about weapons that we know of. Russians are developing some nasty stuff, and if the Martians finally figured out a way to get here, their weapons will make the Ruskies look like, like, like sticks and stones. But luckily, I prepared for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that's okay with spending a year in a bunker with John Goodman. I'm Zach. <laughs> and Roseanne. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the plot twist. That's He's right. keeping them underground from Roseanne. This was before the whole like thing with her, yeah. so it's like, oh, she's fine. It's yeah, okay yeah. to spend time with her. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Frank. And today we are here to talk about 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. The second part to Cloverfield. Yep. And I like this anthology. Yeah. Uh, give us the rundown. All right. I'll give us the rundown. Cool. All right, guys. So not a lot of people in this movie. There's really all but three. Well, John Goodman counts for at least three. <laughs> at least four people. <laughs> so it almost makes up for the divide cast. <laughs> so 10 Cloverfield Lane came out in 2016, directed by Dan Treckenberg. You have Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who plays Michelle. You have good old John Goodman, who plays Howard, and you have John Gallagher Jr., who plays Emmett. That's and then, pretty much your whole weird, cast. Yeah, weirdly enough, though, uh, Bradley Cooper is Just his the voice. boyfriend. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Because it needed to be Bradley Cooper. It had, it had to be it Bradley be Cooper. anybody else that we didn't know about. It had to be another name in this film. <laughs> yeah. Um, Give us the rundown. So, Tango Over Lane, at its core, is actually pretty simple. Um, and it's pretty much a girl gets into a car accident and then wakes up and finds herself in a bunker with John Goodman, his character, Howard. Yes. And basically he's like, you can't leave because you can't breathe the air outside. And then you kind of have this kidnapping or is it, did he actually save her life? And is he a murderer or is he crazy or is he sane? And that's kind of like what the entirety of the film is. And at that point, like, I really like this film because a lot throughout the time while watching it, yeah. you're kind of like in the mix of, oh, is this actually like some kind of like nuclear holocaust or like, is it aliens or is it just Howard making all this up and he's actually like a murderer? <laughs> yeah. And at that point... I'm hooked. Like, I love this. Because then you throw Emmett into the situation, too, and you really don't know exactly what's going on with him, where it's like, he helped out to build this bunker with Howard, mm -hmm. and, like, he saw one flash of light and was like, I gotta get down there. Like, he was right. Like, something's going down. Yeah. And it kind of just goes crazy for a while. Yeah, I mean, let's just break it down. So, John Goodman in this movie. Yes. Incredible. Amazing. I, I don't think John Goodman gets enough credit for, like, his character acting because he is really, really good in, like, everything that he does. Exactly. Like, John Goodman's always been, like, a staple actor to me. Yeah. Where it's like, no matter what he's in, I'm going to check it out because of him. I mean, The Big Lebowski alone. Oh. Like, he is the... He is just so good in The Big Lebowski. He was also great in Kong Skull Island, yes, too. Yes, he was. 
Um, so John Goodman is. I don't know, man. I feel like John Goodman should have been like in my top whatever five <laughs> list of actors. Like he's so good. It's yeah. Just, he just like I think he's just overlooked a lot um, because of his weight. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's no. a he's a big boy in this movie. Yeah, he's. Yeah, have you seen him lately? He's like very like he thinned out a lot. I like chubby John Goodman better. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's. I mean tough. I'm glad because it's he's healthier, but I like fat John. It, Goodman. It's like him and like um what's his name Joe Jonah Hill Jonah Hill. <laughs> yeah, he's like Jonah Hill where it's like you. You know them as the chubby guy, and then when they slim down, it's like I don't know how I feel. I don't know about if this. I like you, Jonah Hill. <laughs> and then they get chubby again. It's like there we yeah, go. Yeah, I like him but again. I want you to be healthy <laughs> so you can keep doing movies. Yeah. Um, and then Mary Elizabeth Weinstead in this movie is very really good, good. really really good. And I don't I, I don't know what else she's really in. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I'm not super familiar with her. I know her face. I'm not super familiar with her filmography though. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, her character as Michelle is like. It's it, it was really a, it's really like a breath of fresh air because she isn't this, you know, in a lot of like, I don't know if I would really call this a horror film. I don't know. It's eh. a thriller for sure. Yeah. But absolutely. like a lot of films that that kind of like dabble in this kind of genre, your main characters are usually very stupid and gullible and you're always like screaming at the screen like, why are you <laughs> doing that? You. Like, oh, my God, this is so re- like, this is ridiculous. But her character is actually very intelligent. Yeah. And very creative and does things and tries to get out of situations in very unique ways. Mm-hmm. And she isn't really stupid at all. No, because you have like the dinner scene where like she concocts like this whole plan to get the keys. Yeah. By kind of like flirting with Emmett. Yeah. And then that pisses off Howard and then she gets the keys. And then you have later on with the whole gas mask suit. Yeah. And then you have her kind of, like, taking mental notes while she's in there of, like, okay, this is where the knife is. And, like, this is how to, like, unhook the the little, like, rafter piece. Yeah, yeah. And, like, this is where I can hide some things. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's very calculative yeah. of, like, what's going on and her surroundings. Yeah. Emmett's character, unfortunately, I just feel like he doesn't get enough screen time. I think he's just, like, one of those characters where... It's he's the like, side character. Yeah, he's a side character, and they try to kind of flush him out a little bit, and they give him like a backstory, but it just doesn't really amount yeah. to much. I mean, you kind of want to feel for him as a character, but at the same time, too, he d- he's just not presented enough yeah. that you can really get behind him or hate him. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, towards halfway through the film, which we'll probably talk about in a minute, but like, the, the whole thing that goes down with him, mm-hmm. I was shocked by it. Yeah. But you have, like, this really tense vibe throughout, like, the first half of the film because of Howard and Michelle and Everett kind of, like, trying to, like, figure out what's going on. And then when you have the scene of Michelle getting the keys, breaking the bottle over Howard's head, and then rushing to the door to try and get out. Yeah. And then you have the woman. The woman, yeah. The, that, like, on the other is, side of the window. Yeah, so intense of like banging on the door of like, please let me in, please. And then it gets intense. Yeah, because she, she doesn't like, know me. like what to do. And you don't you don't know what to do. Because yeah. like you're you know, you're in her shoes too, and you're like, I don't know if I should let this person in. Like she could be crazy, she mm-hmm. could not be. And but it does kind of justify a little bit because you know, if at that point in the movie you're kind of like, Okay, I think John Goodman's character is crazy and i don't really believe everything that he's saying and Mm -hmm. then that scene happens and then you're like wait a minute 
he might be right. Yeah, you and, have and some believability <laughs> to it. Yeah, and now you're just with now you're now you're with Michelle, and you're just like, I don't know what to believe. Yeah, I don't know who to believe because who knows of like he planted that because obviously like you know in the beginning when he shows her the dead pigs, it's like oh those could have died from anything. Could have been anything. You yeah. could have left them out. Yeah, but like this woman now is kind of a point where it's like oh shit like he might be right and he might have actually saved my life for the better yeah and i think that's kind of you know like then there is like that acceptance mm-hmm. and then you have like them kind of just nice doing montage like, yeah it, it really is it, it kind of like feels just like family uh where it's just you know like them like eating then they have like the routines now they they understand like everyone's place and everyone kind of like does what they want to do or you know whatever and they have like game night yeah. and family dinners and stuff like that and you're like okay like this is kind of nice yeah and then they have like the <laughs> the puzzle pieces yeah. that like they're figuring out like individually yeah. and then like they're like oh fuck like they forgot some pieces or we lost them yeah yeah and it's like look at this cat he's missing an eye he's in a fishbowl how's he gonna survive <laughs> and it's like for for about like five minutes yeah it's a very wholesome nice yeah, film it is and then it switches up again yeah because at that point you have where michelle has to go up into the air vent to like fix the air filter mm-hmm. and then finds like this tiny room which seems like an overlook to me because it's like nobody else can really get into there yep. so what is this small little bunker yep and then he finds the earring and the scratch and blood yeah. on the window of hell. And now you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. So, yeah, that's like one thing that I really, really adored about this film. I think that Dan Trackenberg yeah. did, like, this is his debut feature. This was his first movie. Oh, really? Really impressive. Like, extremely impressive. Great cinematography. Oh, my God. Too. The movie is beautiful. The music choices are great. The tension that he is able to build in this confined space is so good. And the way that he laid it out, too, is so nice. Yeah. Like, so pleasing to look at. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you have this constant flip-flopping battle with yourself and with these characters, and you don't know who to believe, whose side you should be on, and you're just kind of, like, bouncing back and forth. And it's, you know, I mean, when I saw this movie for the first time years ago, Mm -hmm. I was kind of... It, like, extremely impressed it, you know even like the beginning mm-hmm. like the beginning the intro to oh, when yeah. when she when she like that car accident happens and then the screen just goes black yes and, and then, then cuts you, through and does like the the title screen. the titles and then you have like the like the tumbling of the car and then it just black again mm-hmm. and then it's just like a name and then tumbling of the car and then black again and then like i was like this is very, very well edited. Like extremely like again, I was I mean I am very, very impressed with this being a debut feature mm-hmm. from somebody. And I feel like we have this conversation a lot where we, we always end up wa- we always end up watching movies that are debut features and they always end up being like super impressive. But specifically this movie uh, really kind of like I think sets itself apart from it because I don't think that it's easy for a movie like this mm-hmm. to be as successful as it is for a first-time filmmaker because only, yeah. because of the simple fact of there being that really impressive character development, mm-hmm. really, really great acting, uh, amazing cinematography, great direction, and then on top of that, this constant on edge like tense feeling at the end of the day look this movie and i kind of want to make a point about it but we'll get there when we get there 
movie is very different from Cloverfield. Yeah. Extremely different. That's what I wanted to bring yeah, up too. Is we'll, like, we'll get there. Um, but for a a low budget, straight up like horror thriller, mm-hmm. I mean, this movie like exceeded all expectations. Yeah, and that's why too. Like, I mean, this I I I adored this film. Like for the first time watching it, yeah, I was like, wow. And we kind of brought it up before we started the podcast, where it's like, yeah, you know what? This was a little bit better than the divide. It's way better than the divide. <laughs> I same kind of like storyline for it. Similar but like, in a way, but not nearly as many characters. Yeah, and not nearly as. Many people shitty. going insane. <laughs> uh, yeah, would you say shitty? Yeah, it's shitty. Fuck you. I don't. The like divide that was good. <laughs> um, but yeah, something that I want to bring up, or no, actually, th- bring up like the whole Emmett situation, like what happened. Yeah. There. So I mean, like when you have finally after that help scene, and then you have Michelle coming back to Emmett and being like, "Well, this was the earring of like his wife," and then Emmett's like. Well, he told me that was his daughter. Yeah. So now it's kind of playing again of like, oh, fuck, is Howard faking all of this again? Yeah. And then you have that. One of my favorite scenes in the film is that really tense scene of the guess who. And he's like, I know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I can see you doing this. And Emmett's just freaking out. And yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking about, Howard. Like, come on, man. Like, I don't I don't want to play this and, and he's just getting more yeah, intense yeah, yeah yeah and then michelle's like i don't know santa claus it's <laughs> like yeah you got it <laughs> and then yeah. it's like oh fuck like the tension building from that one scene is fantastic yeah but then when you get it where they're deciding like okay we're gonna make a hazmat suit to try and get out of here and you have the point where howard finds out that something's going on. He's not mm-hmm. sure what, because mm-hmm. he just finds like scissors and like tape everywhere. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, this man has a fucking bat of acid in a tub. Because, you know, that's why not? It's a necessity in, yeah. in Doomsday. <laughs> Everybody prepping a giant vat of acid. Well, you know yeah. what? It kind of does make sense, like in that sense, because, you know, you got to dispose rid of, of stuff. Yeah, you got to yeah. get rid of some waste yeah. and like boxes and all that. So. Or people. Yeah, and um, so yeah, then then Emmett takes the blame. Yeah, and no hesitation. Nope. Howard just shoots him right in the <laughs> head. Fucking just crazy. And my God, like the sheer look of like Michelle's face. Yeah, and my jaw dropped because I was like, wow, I was not expe- like I was expecting it, but I wasn't expecting it to be so quick. Yeah, like that flash, like immediately. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. and then you get later on that one singular shot of like half of Everett in like the bat of acid and it's yeah. like oh i didn't need to see that <laughs> like my girlfriend jess was watching it with me and she's like Mm-mm, nope not into this movie anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and then you know it kind of gets into that area in which at you know at the point in which she decides i am breaking out of here i am leaving and then her and howard have their kind of like final or like their first duel i guess is really like what it was where they're kind of going back and forth yeah and he, and then he gets the acid all over him Ooh. and then it's like it's almost like the swamp thing it's yes. like creature versus man kind of um, i thought that was really really cool cuz it's like his face is like melting mm-hmm. and john goodman as again just so amazing like john goodman's character or john goodman's acting as howard and and this this like psychotic just 
insane because he's so much bigger than her. Yeah. Like that there is this there really is like this he is this larger than life character and and he is just so much stronger and larger than her and when when he gets the acid all over him and then he's standing there and it's it's that's like when it becomes like straight up like a horror movie. Yeah, because then you have a disfigured man who has a knife and gun and is trying to kill her. Yeah, exactly. And then it becomes a whole like chase scene. Yeah. And it's intense because I mean for me and I don't know about doing like I forgot the name of it, the one movie where it's like the all the girls go cave diving and then there's the Oh, the descent. Yes, the descent. Same kind of thing where it's like you feel claustrophobic. You know, that movie's really good. I like it. I rewatched The Descent. Like mm. I remember, like last year with my girlfriend, they made a sequel. And, for yeah, they did. Reason, but don't, yeah, I gotta talk about that. Yeah. Uh, but like the The Descent was like a surprisingly good movie for yeah. like what you like. I was expecting because I was expecting just complete trash. Mm. But The Descent was actually like, wow, this yeah, is actually like a really good like confined claustrophobic horror film. Yeah, because it's a gimmick horror film yeah. at the end of the day. But like. What it exceeds at is the claustrophobia yeah. and the darkness being like scary. Mm-hmm. So maybe anyway, we'll do that. It's it really good. <laughs> maybe maybe Halloween time. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So like, I mean, the claustrophobia when she's trying to like squeeze through the vent and he's just like stabbing with his knife. Yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> and then when she gets out, I'm like, well, there's still 20 minutes left of the film. Yeah. So this movie. The ending, I, I kind of wish... I don't like the ending. Yeah, no. I'll be, I'll be completely honest. I love the film for what it was of a confined space horror thriller, like, yeah. mystery of is this man a murderer or not, which mm-hmm. I guess in the end he is, but, like... He was also right. <laughs> yeah, so it could have just been that he's a murderer, but also, like, coincidence because yeah. he's a conspiracy theorist. But the ending of the film makes it feel like two separate movies. It, it feels very out of place. And I, I think, think that, I don't know, I think that it. this would have been one of the few movies where I would have been happy with a more, like, ambiguous ending. Yeah, like, from the trailer and from where it is at the end of the film, I think it would have done a lot more justice had the ending been that she's running towards the house and then you get like that sound and the light coming from the back of it. Yeah. Because that's what they showed in the trailer and that's right. what was supposed to lead you to believe that like, okay, this is how it's connected to the original film of Cloverfield. Yeah. And I think leaving it off on there would have made for an actual horror movie, but the way that they left it off was more of like an action movie. It became it became like similar to um uh, that John Krasinski film, uh, A Quiet Place. Oh, yeah, yeah, Where it's, like, the alien creatures are, like, chasing them, and they're running, and they have, like, guns, and it was it's just like, okay, I just, I don't know, it feels out of place. There, yeah. There's really no other way for me to explain it other than it just feels very, very out of place, the ending. And you know what, too? Like, not so much like The Vast of Night, but the way that they did the CGI for, like, the alien and the UFO ship. In... Not- in, in, this. in this, okay. Because in Vast of Night, it looked fantastic. It looked and really you could good. tell, like, that's where all the money went to. Yeah. This film kind of did the same thing, where it's like, this is where all the money went to, but I did not like the design. I didn't of like the, the design. Alien, they they and tried I did to not keep like it. The ship. They, they did try to keep it, like, where it's dark, so you, you don't yeah. get, like, great glimpses of it, but you can tell that, like, eh. But that's the thing, too, <laughs> is, like, we. 
since this is a if sequel, you're gonna go this route, I want to fucking see the aliens, and they better be yeah. cool. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like since this is a continuation to the Cloverfield in a sense, air quotes. Yeah, because that's again, I want to get to that. Yeah, it. You could have just used the creatures from the first movie. Right. Why are you creating like whole new ones? Yeah. And then I had a problem too with the fact of like you know when Michelle does get into the car and like the ship is like bringing it up because it's like oh fuck she's trapped yeah and she just so conveniently finds a zippo lighter that works <laughs> and a rag and a bottle of liquor <laughs> and then throws it into the mouth as like a molotov cocktail yeah and then still falls down from like 30 feet and is okay yeah and then you know at the end where it's like when you get her listening to the radio and it's like oh like head to like what was it like harlem uh, whatever, or something like yeah. that um where this is where people are like rallying and then you get that very action ending where it's like the the lightning strikes and you see like a couple in the background and it's like cool shot not for this movie though yeah exactly again this does is, not it, fit it for doesn't this movie. fit the, the entire last like 15 minutes just don't really in my opinion fit the rest of the movie but my my main issue because i guess I guess the simple fact is I've seen this movie like three or four times now and I just know the ending. So I've kind of just accepted <laughs> it and I'm kind of just like used to it at this point. Or so you it's not at like a yeah, certain point. Well, no, no, no. It's just like, I know what the ending is. So I know like where this goes and I guess I just kind of accept it at that point And I'm just like, okay, whatever. But my issue, my main, main issue with the movie is I don't know if this film does enough to justify the Cloverfield name. Yeah. Because there isn't really any links there's one link that I could mm -hmm. find, and I had to do a bunch of research for it. Mm -hmm. And it's the simple fact that in the original Cloverfield movie, the the alien is is awoken yeah. from a satellite falling from the sky, landing in the ocean, and then like the frequencies and whatever that 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 satellite was emitting, mm -hmm. uh, uh, woke up the alien, and the alien comes out, and you have Cloverfield. This movie. John Goodman's character says one line where he says that he used to work on satellites. Okay. And that's like... That's it. Other than that, mm -hmm. I cannot really see anything else that really, like, links it to the Cloverfield universe. Well, that's why, too. Like, even with the third movie, The Paradox... And I never saw that because I heard it was really bad. It looks cool. Though. It looks really cool, and it looks like it's got like, uh, like, like a really good like uh, body horror, and like yeah. you know, like kind of like the thing and stuff like that. And space, so yeah. like you're gonna go. So mad like, I'm with kind it. of like interested in watching it, but I just I heard so many bad things about it, and everyone was just like, it's super disappointing. Like, don't even like waste your time. That I truly didn't, and I was like, all right, well then, fuck it, I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing too is like because throughout the three films, there's so much shit of like people trying to like pick apart and like find certain things like i mean even the third movie i know like there's one thing where it's like just a can of soda or something like that is the logo for it was like used in the original film so that's how they can link the films together and yeah. it's like it's not gonna, enough it's not enough to make it a trilogy then you have to have like some continuity yeah, you're literally it. just using the name yeah so i don't know one one like one thing though I will say about this movie that I didn't actually realize until watching it this time around was that J.J. Abrams like is the was like this was like his production that yeah, made Ten and Cloverfield he did Lane. The third one. Oh okay, 
Well, oh, that's probably why I won't like it then. Because I, I <laughs> just, just don't, don't like J.J. Like Abrams. Hey, you ruined like, Star Wars. I feel like everything that J.J. Abrams does, I'm like, oh, that's a really cool idea. And then it's like the execution was just not good. Yeah. Similar to like fucking Zack Snyder for me. It's like, oh, these are really awesome like mm-hmm. ideas. Except for like... He's got Watchmen. He's got Watchmen and 300. Yeah, that's probably like the best thing. And Watchmen is still kind of iffy. Like, no, Watchmen, Watchmen is great. Watchmen's iffy. Wa- we we can have a discussion about that too. Oh, I Watchmen's, love Watchmen. Watchmen's a... Uh, it's a great movie and it's a great book. <laughs> well, it's a cool, it's a really cool comic book for sure. Uh, but the movie, I just don't think what I think I think it suffers from what most of Zack Snyder's movies suffer from, and that's just I don't think Snyder is a particularly good storyteller. He likes special effects. He's really and good he at likes different types of way to show visual. Yeah, he's very good at he's very good visually. He's an amazing cinematographer. He's really really great at doing like action set pieces. But he loves and, slow mo too much. And like much. yeah, the slow mo and like doing like I I will stand by that I think that the the opening to Watchmen where it's like all oh, the old fantastic. school like black and gray photos and you have Bob mm-hmm. Dylan's the times they are yes. changing playing is like one of my favorite intros to a film ever. Yes. And, uh, you know, there's 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 a really, really there's a lot of great things to love about that movie. But I think like when you really like break down Watchmen film as a whole, it doesn't come together. And it's very campy, like extremely (laughs) campy. Yeah, I mean, that we'll we'll save this all for the Watchmen (laughs) podcast. But yeah, 10 Cloverfield Lane for an hour and 15 minutes. I enjoyed it. For an hour so and a much. half, eh. <laughs> hour and a half, because eh, that last fifteen minutes. Yeah. But at its core, yeah. as a, I'm trapped in this place. I don't know who to trust. It's a and very, I'm very successful psychological horror confined thriller. Yes, and everybody involved did the best that they can. Yeah, specifically Michelle and Howard. Yeah, because Emmett is just kind of there. Emmett's there. Yeah, but. You have to have, like, a third person. Otherwise, it becomes really kind of awkward. Stale. Yeah. It can be. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, overall, I really like this movie. Yeah. Uh, Zach, you have a recommendation? I do. So, (laughs) my my recommendation, something that over the past, like, week, I've re-listened to, like, three times. And I've listened to it, like, way back, like, a couple of years ago. But I didn't appreciate it at the time. And listening to it now i absolutely fell in love with it it is the album the wall by oh, pink floyd man. i was i thought i had a feeling that you were going to say an album that i've been listening to which is uh this is not a recommendation <laughs> you're stealing my I, recommendation no no, no 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 but i've been i thought you were about to say that the album that i've been listening to and i was about to just get over this table and start making out with you <laughs> um i was lis- i've been listening to cream's uh, oh yes you know cream i it- saw you posted um oh. white room oh. oh you know what though wheels like- on fire yeah. oh that album is so good Wheels on fire is cool that was like one of their to me because cream only has like three albums mm-hmm. pretty much and and like it's not enough like psychedelic rock to me yeah but wheels of fire like that's where they really kicked it off yeah yeah right before eric clapton left mm-hmm. but anyways um the wall absolutely adore this album and like a little bit of backstory to it was that you know with pink floyd the original singer sid barrett they wanted to go the route of like trying to make something that would like really connect with people and that's where dark side of the moon came and since then they were trying to figure out like okay how do we capitalize 
on Dark Side of the Moon, like, how can we better ourselves? And, you know, you had some great albums following that, like, Animals, Wish You Were Here. Those are, like, some of my favorite albums as well. Mm-hmm. But when Roger Waters and David Gilmore really kind of, like, took over after Sid Barrett left for rehab. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, eventually died. But the wall kind of stands as like such an intriguing, not just album because you have songs like Hey You, you have Comfortably Numb, which is one of my favorite songs. You have Young Lust. Obviously you have part one, two, and three of Another Brick in the Wall, which are just fantastic songs. Yeah. And it all just capitalizes on like isolation and like it has something to say about the world in its time too. Mm Mm-hmm. And even the movie is great, too. I, I really, haven't seen it. I really enjoy it. For, like, visually, it's fucking insane. Yeah. And it's so cool to see. It's probably, like, an hour long because, like, it goes by the... The album. Yeah. But it's great. And, like, again, after this album, because of creative differences, and you can see after... The decline. Oh, my... <laughs> like, the final cut... Not that great. Uh, momentarily, Lapse of Reason was cool, but again, did eh. it, I think Pink Floyd officially came out with like a new album, like a few, like almost like two years ago. Yeah, but it's and it was like not good. I I haven't listened to it yet, and I'm very wary of yeah. like because it's not the core. Yeah, but the Wall, just a fantastic album, and like every song that like you're like. Oh, this is only a minute long. It it's not gonna mean anything. It leads into the next song so well and sets it up. Yeah. And it just has this great like guitar and jazz. Yeah. And like just emotion to it. Yeah, the walls really, re- really good. So if I don't you know. Have- I like Dark Side of the Moon though a lot. Yeah. I, I do. don't know. I don't know. Like I feel like Dark Side of the Moon has just become like so like synonymous with like pop culture and like yeah. everybody like just fucking like loves the album. I don't know. Animals is still one of my favorite. Animals albums. is really good. I wish think, you were here. I personally think that like conceptually, I think the wall probably is like their best album. Like yeah. from a conceptual eye, like, you know, from that standpoint. But Dark Side of the Moon is really cool. If you if you it actually is. haven't listened to Dark Side of the Moon, it's you a fucking experience. It really <laughs> is. And then two, after you listen to it, go do that whole thing with Wizard of Oz where oh, it's like yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you sync it up to the lion. It's crazy because money starts playing yeah. and then that's when everything goes into color. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. Yep. But go check out the wall movie first. That's true. Because that's that's nutso. <laughs> All right. Cool. And that's it. Frank, what are we doing next? Uh, we are going to be doing The Social Network. I haven't seen that yet. Me when neither. should I watch Me it? Me neither, actually. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I never watched it. Uh, oh, Jesse very, Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, so, Zach, thank you so much for <clears throat> no, the recommendation. You, no, Zach, 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 please, put your pants on. <laughs> no. Thank you. <laughs> well, since you said it politely. <laughs> Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, you're lucky to be here at all.